0: Well, what is up, Element City Church? How are you doing tonight? Woot. It's nice to see you all. We got some folks still making their way in. Uh, It's Memorial Day weekend, uh, and so we're hoping that you're enjoying your weekend so far, enjoying some time with family, some friends, uh, and that we remember the reason for this weekend. Uh, We're going to do a little bit about that on the back end of the service. A few things as we get started. If you don't have our app, maybe you're new here uh, to the church. We want to invite you to pick up the Element City Church app that's in the Google Play Store. It's in the Apple App Store, so whichever one uh, is your weapon of choice, feel free to go in there, download that. You can get Sermon notes in there. Uh, that's where we do a lot of our giving. Uh, we've got playlists, lots of ways that you can get connected through that app. Uh, we also have a connection card. Uh, so if you're brand new, uh, you've never been a part of uh, Elements before, and you're looking to find out a little bit more, feel free to text us. The phone number is 520. 520- I believe it'll be on the screen, it sure is on the screen. Just text that word hello to us. You're gonna get a link, we'll have you tap that link. You can fill out the information there uh, and that'll let us get in touch with you so that we can get connected. So whether you're here in the room, whether you're at home tuning in, uh, streaming, uh, feel free to use that way so that we can get in touch with you, Uh, we'd love to do that. Uh, Also, it's uh, important for us to take a moment, we wanna remember our graduates and honor our graduates. Uh, so it's been a lot of craziness over the last couple of uh, years. Well, really the last year, but we've got Jacob Nickum who just got his master's. That's awesome. Let's give it up for Jake. We've got McKenna, uh, who graduated from high school. We've got Cameron, graduated from high school. Uh, Clarabelle Dalton uh, was a part of Elements for years. She just graduated, she's in Pennsylvania. They'll be here in a few weeks, so we're looking forward to seeing them again as well. So lots of graduates, we just wanna honor them, remember them uh, as well. So let's all stand together as we get started here. We're just gonna uh, pray. We're going to lift up the church of the week as well, something we'd like to do to remember that God's at work, not just here at Element City Church, uh, but around the city. There's a work that the Lord is doing that we get to be a part of, that we're blessed to be a part of. So Tucson Central Church of the Nazarene, their pastor is Curtis Birch, we'll be remembering them in prayer as well. So uh, pray with me as we get ready to worship. So Father, thanks for tonight. We just want to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor right now as we stop uh, and begin uh, our time of worship together. God, quiet our hearts, still us before you. There's a word that you wanna to speak to us tonight, whether it be through worship uh, in song or worship in the word, and we wanna be ready to receive it. So God, would you just open our hearts to receive what it is that you have for us tonight. Uh, we also wanna remember uh, those who gave their lives for this country on Memorial Day weekend. It's, it's easy to lose sight of why we stop to remember. And yet, uh, I know our church has a long history with uh, those who've been in the military or actively serving in the military. And so we're surrounded by people who've been affected uh, by loss, who've had to go through the grief and the tragedy of losing a loved one. And so we lift them up to you. Remember them tonight, God. Uh, And just we thank you that we live in a country where we can serve you freely where we can speak of you and sing of you and gather like this without any fear of any repercussion or anything, God. Uh, And so we just give you all the glory and thanksgiving uh, for that. Uh, We lift up Tucson Church of the Nazarene and their pastor, Curtis Birch, as well. Uh, I've got a friend on their worship team. Uh, Gosh, it it was just cool reading through what you're doing in that church to hear that they've got 100 people coming to their church for Celebrate Recovery, uh, people who are seeking to to find uh, a way out of addiction, and recognize that the only way to do so is through the power of the Spirit. And so uh, we just pray for favor on that church as they seek uh, ways to expand and grow uh, so that they can fit the people in who've been coming to their church. Lord, would you bless them with wisdom, give them uh, the finances that they need to make the right decision the best decision for their community. We pray that you would help them just continue to reach out to the uh, people in Tucson, to the neighborhood around them uh, so that they can be effective there as well. Uh, but we just, again, we're ready for what it is that you it tonight, Lord, so would you uh, just awaken our hearts, to your glory, to your beauty as we come to you uh, with worship and song now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Knees. come on I'm Changed change to come, knowing about battles won, for You have
2: never failed me yet. We sing of Your promise tonight, God.
1: stood before creation
2: I don't know any better way to put it. Help us stand together. There's a beautiful message that your son shed his blood on the cross for us to deliver to this world, a message of hope, a message of peace, a message of redemption, Father, I ask that we would hold that message so dear. And that we would respond to the call to carry it well. Because, Lord, when I look out in our culture in America, I don't see that many that do anymore. Would you help us to be that light that you want us to be? because we know if we're obedient, we're faithful to that, that you are ready and willing and waiting to move. Thank you for being here with us tonight. Father, I pray that you would be with Pastor Jack as he delivers your words to your church tonight. Lord, may they rest on us and sit with us, dwell within us. we might be transformed, that our minds might be renewed. You are so worthy of our praise, you are so faithful. We praise you for that, thank you, Holy Father, we love you, amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
3: It's great to worship together, whether you're here in the house or joining us from your house online. Uh, We want to just invite you to continue to lean into this experience that we have tonight as we wrap up our series in the Beatitudes. And so if you've been with us the last six or seven weeks, uh, Pastor Lyle and I have been walking through the Beatitudes, and we've looked at, I think, this beautiful manifesto of Jesus, of saying, hey, here's what it looks like to have your heart shaped to be like me. And so I want to invite you, if you have our app, Uh, to open up the sermon notes, and and if you just open up the app and you go down about four spaces, you'll see sermon notes. That'll take you there, because there are some things I, I put in there tonight for you to see that we may not have time to kind of touch on here, but I want to highlight those to you as we kind of dive in. So the average American watches nearly 30 hours of content or TV per week. Uh, By the time someone graduates, we we give a shout-out to our graduates, a high school graduate, will have seen over 360,000 commercials. The average 65-year-old will have watched 2 million commercials by the time they get to 65. And here's what we know about the reality of commercials. You've all seen them. How many of you have seen commercials? You've seen them. They are drafted by very creative people to try to put sway and shape your life in a way to say hey here's, here's the good life pursue this get this product get this service and it'll we'll actually help you now there's a lot of helpful things right so it isn't that that's totally wrong but we have to juxtapose that with what Jesus has been saying here in the beatitudes because what Jesus is really saying is listen you could pursue all those things and wind up hollow and empty And miss out on actually experiencing the good life that will last. Because that is really the God life. And I want to teach you about the God life. And what Jesus lays out in these Beatitudes, the very early part of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, is some beautiful description, which is counter-cultural to the kind of the messages of what we hear and what we see. And I think the reality is what Jesus is saying is, friends, trust me. I want you to follow me. Remember, that was kind of the call he gave to the early disciples. It wasn't a long speech, it was simply this follow me. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We gave this definition a few months back. A disciple is someone who knows and follows Jesus, is becoming more like Jesus, and is committed to the mission. Of Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be an apprentice, if you will, of Jesus and kind of following his way of life. And I think that means we will encounter what Jesus encountered at times, which was hardship and persecution. And so as he ends this manifesto on these Beatitudes, that's what he ends with, which I, I, I'm going to be honest. If I was giving a speech. Um, I wouldn't end with persecution. Like, that's not how I would wrap it all up. But that's what Jesus does. And and so at first pass, we look at this and go, well, that's kind of tough. Like, that's hard. I'm not sure if I would end with that. But there's a reason why he does. And there's some significance here for us. Remember, this is kind of the beginning of the whole Sermon on the Mount, one of the most popular sermons that he would have given probably hundreds of times. Traveling around as a rabbi teaching, here's what it means to follow the kingdom of God. Here's what it is to kind of live in the reign and the rule of God that's coming here through me. The Beatitudes are describing, here's the attitudes that are to be in a believer's life. Now, for some of you watching online or some of you sitting here in the room, you may be on your own spiritual journey. And you're not yet to the place where you kind of surrendered your life to Christ. And listen, I got to tell you, I'm so stinking proud of you for kind of owning your own spiritual journey and investigating that. Now, if you're not there, you're not part of the convinced to after Jesus yet, then that's fine. We want to be a place where people can investigate. But for those who have said yes to Jesus, what we're saying yes to is, Jesus, you've got the sway over our life, and what you have to say here matters to me, and I want to put that in context. And so Jesus ends this like Beatitudes like speech, sermon that he's giving before he gets to the whole rest uh, of the Sermon on the Mount, which we'll come back to, I don't know, a year, two years from now, somewhere, we'll get back to it. Um, but for this, here's what he, sends, what he says and how he ends this. Verse 10 of Matthew chapter 5. Here's what he says. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, that's how he started the Beatitudes, the very first one. He says, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. He circled back to, listen, the kingdom of heaven is going to be yours. You might face persecution, but hang in there. And then this is the one he actually expands on. He doesn't expand on any of of the other Beatitudes, but here he goes a couple more verses, of description about it. You are blessed when they, when people, insult you and persecute you, falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me, Jesus is saying. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So what is persecution? Is it just bad luck? we attribute some kind of spiritual attack to just some, some bad stuff of our life. Some folks seem to think that everything bad that happens to them is some kind of spiritual attack, like there's a demon behind every bush, if you will. And some people approach life from that vantage point. This week, I, it was Monday, and I had done a funeral out at a, a place, and I was driving by a, a place, and I was like, I'm gonna have lunch there, and it was Dairy Queen. And before you judge me, Um, there are two important things you need to know. I am an adult male and can make my own decisions. And my wife, Amy, was not there. So I went into Dairy Queen, and I got my peanut butter cup blizzard, small, okay? Uh, So, like, I got it. I was walking out, and I stepped on something that, like, it hurt my foot, and then you in that thing, you ever step on a rock and it gets in your shoe and then you're kind of like walking on your heel type thing. And I, I leaned over and it was, it was this. Like, I don't know if you could see that, but like, here's the tip of that. It went right through my dress shoe, into my sock. And the cool thing is I had ninja socks on, so then they were bloody. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool, a ninja sock that's bloody. Um, But I had to go home and put antibiotic on my foot and all that kind of stuff. And and you know what I didn't think in that moment? I'm being persecuted. I didn't think that. I'm unfortunate that I stepped on something that, you know, bloodied my foot. But I didn't think I was persecuted. Now, some people will will face any kind of hardship and go, well, I'm being persecuted. Listen, not everything is not a spiritual attack, okay? It's just not. Um, We live in a broken world. Bad things happen to good people, bad people. Like, they just happen. Uh, And so that's okay uh, to know that. Uh, This idea of persecution, what Jesus says here in Matthew uh, 5.10, this dioko uh, word, Greek, for persecution, appears 45 times in the New Testament. It means to harass or to chase after, to pursue, to hunt, to persecute. Blessed are those who are persecuted, dioko, because of righteousness, because of me, Jesus is saying. Jesus isn't offering the world's worst sale pitch, though that's what it sounds like at first. Uh, we've been in the market of getting a new to us car, and you know, we. Uh, if you were to go test drive a car, and the salesman you know gets in the back seat as you're on your test drive and says, "Hey, you know, uh, <clears throat> this car costs so much that you're going to help put my kids through college." Or uh, two hours in this place, and you're going to need a chiropractor at work every time you drive this car. Are you sure you want to buy this car? Like, that would be the worst sales pitch to give, right, if you're a used car salesman. And that's what this feels like at first pass. Blessed are you when they persecute you. Who signs up for that? Nobody. Like, it's not a great sales pitch, but I don't think that's Jesus' angle. I think this is his angle. Jesus is offering a word of comfort to his disciples. To those that are already facing or suffering persecution, what he's saying is, don't get discouraged. And to those who maybe haven't faced it yet, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. That this, Jesus is saying to his disciples, it's not if, You face persecution, it's when. Blessed are you when you face persecution. See, Jesus brings people together. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I've seen marriages reconciled. I, I got to do a wedding one time of a couple who got divorced, found Jesus, and got remarried. It was a beautiful thing. I've seen families come back together because of the power of Christ and the forgiveness of Christ. I've seen relationships and friendships that were severed beyond belief what you thought and yet reconciled in the end. But I've also watched Jesus divide families and divide relationships. Because there's something about Jesus that sometimes he can come between people. And people can get angst. Even saying his name sometimes ruffles feathers for people. Jesus' words imply that opposition is an inescapable consequence of discipleship. It's just the reality and the lay of the land as you seek to be a disciple of him. As much as we want to fit in and to to not step out of being accepted, if we are faithful to our calling, the best we can expect is that people would Love the love they see in us, but I I promise you, as Jesus is saying, you will face opposition at times for your faith. That's a reality of what plays out. In the last uh, evening uh, of Jesus' life before the cross, uh, one night of the betrayal, Jesus tells his disciples, John 15, 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Jesus is laying out the reality that Jesus is very attractive and beautiful to some, but he is also very polarizing and stirs up contempt and disgust in many. It's just kind of the way... So I love what Eugene Peterson wrote, kind of the historical rejection of Christianity. It's a long quote, but stay with me. 1,800 years or so of Hebrew history, capped by a full exposition of Jesus Christ, tells us that God's revelation of himself is rejected far more often than it's accepted. It's dismissed by far more people than embrace it and has been either attacked or ignored by every major culture and civilization of which it is given witness. Magnificent Egypt, fierce Assyria, beautiful Babylon, artistic Greece, political Rome, enlightenment of France, Nazi Germany, Renaissance of Italy, Marxist Russia, Maoist China, the pursuit of happiness in America. The community of God's people has survived in all of these cultures and civilizations, but always as a minority, always marginal to the mainstream. Opposition has been a part of the Christian story since the very beginning of Jesus. Hey, if they hated me, don't be surprised if they hate you. If there's opposition that you face, this is exactly what Jesus said it would be. And so we shouldn't take it personally. We shouldn't grow discouraged. Jesus says those who are rejected for his sake, they should actually rejoice. Is that hard to do when you feel like your faith is putting you in a corner that is leading to rejection or non-acceptance? Yeah, that's tough. Because no one likes to feel that way. No one likes to be outside of that. But Jesus is pointing that if we are faithful to following him, we can expect opposition. Even from those who are close to us. And so let this truth encourage you, even though it's a hard truth to swallow. And we also need to be careful with that. This blessing is only associated when it's a particular kind of rejection meaning it's an opposition or a rejection to our faith in Jesus. It's not an opposition or rejection of you when you have poor character or you live out life and you are unkind or unnice to people. There's a danger to misapply Jesus' words here, that if we fail to listen carefully, we may draw false conclusions. I'm facing persecution. No, you're just mean. Okay. Uh, so, like, and you interact with people, and, and you're poor in that. The truth is, if you were to look at yourself from the outside looking in, you may go, I don't know if I'd hang out with that person. Uh, I love what First Peter 3, 17 says this. It is better, far better for you to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Uh, like, don't do bad things, and, and then not expect that to have an impact in your relationships around you. Not everything we suffer is necessarily suffering an appointment of persecution. It may just be that you are unkind in that moment. And therefore, it's beginning to pull back on you. Uh, Lyle used a meme last week, so I found one for this week. I love this one. (laughs) It's not spiritual attack. You just made bad choices. And, And that's the truth sometimes that's the truth of my own life at times, where I I make bad choices or I make selfish decisions and and there's blowback on that. And you know what? That's on me because I wasn't kind in that moment and I was rude. And and, and I think I'm not the only rude person here at times, right? Y'all have been rude before, right? Okay. So it's not just me. Perfect. Matthew 5.45, Jesus says that the heavenly father causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, to send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. There's grace that God gives, not just based on behavior, but just because of his goodness. There's also hardships that we face and that we find in our lives that come our way, not because of anything necessarily we've done, but because of the brokenness of the world around us. We look at Hurricane Katrina a few years back, right? And the devastation that played out in that. And was that persecution on Christians who lived in New Orleans? No. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the brokenness of the world caused suffering for Christians and non-Christians. It was just the way it played out in the pandemic that we are kind of still trying to come out of, right? people have had complications with things who are Christians and non-Christians just because of the reality of the brokenness that we're all trying to navigate our way through. There is suffering that comes. There's also blessings that come. And it has nothing to do with conduct or or even what you try to live your life out. It's just, it is what it is. And and so there's hardship that comes with that. I want to give a little caveat here because I think there's a beautiful side to suffering, and I'm not talking persecution. I'm talking just suffering that we have to navigate through in life. Uh, John 16, Jesus said this, I have told you these things, that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Jesus didn't say, you'll maybe have it. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have overcome this world, uh, suffering, going through seasons of suffering, can actually lead us into deeper intimacy with God when you realize that He really is stronger than you thought He was, and He's able to walk more closely with you than maybe you envisioned Him being able to do. And there's suffering that comes with that. Uh, we have a dear friend Carol who's a part of our church, and for um, for the last year and a half, two years has gone through chemo treatments and cancer treatments, has lost her husband, and uh, I asked her to reflect a little bit and said, would you mind sharing with our church just coming out of the season of suffering that you've had to endure and wade through, what would you say is some of the takeaways from that? Here's what she said. I think that one of the most important things I've learned through the trials I've gone through is not what we ordinarily think of as God's blessing." that brings us lasting joy and contentment. It is the blessing of God himself, his presence, to know that his love never fails. That is so profound, and there's no shortcuts to finding that, to truly experiencing that. She had to navigate a long, long season of struggle and of suffering but the beauty as she talked in text with me is just <clears throat> there's a depth that comes from that our suffering humbles us and shows us the limits of what we can actually control which gives us a greater perspective of who God is and what he has say over you don't learn that by reading it off a cereal box you got to wade through some things to come to that kind of depth of understanding. And so, in general, suffering is a part of life and the brokenness of the world that we're in. And we will all navigate individual seasons of that. We'll go through personal seasons of that that we must endure. And we don't want undo suffering because of our behavior or our responses or things. We don't want to do evil and then suffer from that. But even what Peter's writing about, first and second Peter is really written to people who are facing persecution in the first and second century. And he's saying, hang in there, hold on, persevere through it. See, in, in the face of real persecution, there's a tormentor that has a face. And the suffering has a name to it. And that's different than just suffering in, in a season of heartache. When you're really being persecuted, it has a face to it, it has a reality to it that's palpable. If you ever find yourself facing persecution, here's some questions to ask yourself honestly. Do you sense that people have rejected you because of your faith? Start with some serious soul searching. Has there been any actions in my own demeanor that have maybe brought this on? scrutinize your life and ask some hard questions of yourself and of those around you. Is there really suffering for Jesus's sake? Or is this just something that I didn't do properly or do right and I'm suffering the consequences of that? If the answer is yes that it is, then what Jesus says is rejoice. And that's hard in the moment because What we want to yell as Americans, if we're just honest, is it's not fair. And as my mama always told me, life ain't fair. Get over it. It's just not. Now, when you face actual persecution for your faith or opposition because of your faith, then what Jesus says is that's a moment for you to rejoice, not scream about it, but to actually recognize that you are bearing something that Jesus bore for you. And to recognize that you're entering in what Paul talks about is the fellowship of his suffering. And there's a beautiful intimacy that can happen only there that does not happen on the mountaintops of life and the joys of life. But where God meets you in a way, in those kind of moments... That's really beautiful and sweet, even when it's incredibly challenging. And there's heartache involved. We should rejoice, Jesus assures you, because there is a return to that kind of suffering. He said, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. His point is clear. The promise seems to fall hard on the modern ear because it seems really hollow to us. Well, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to be persecuted for my faith. I just I'm a follower of Jesus okay It's not that big a deal and well it is a big deal and, but I don't want to be persecuted for that like I don't want to wear that like that's hard to follow. My rewards in heaven? well gosh, I live in the reality and the currency of today and so can I get a reward now for kind of bearing up underneath that and maybe you will and maybe you won't But what Jesus is saying is, listen, you're in good company when you face opposition for your faith in me. Because it happened to me, and if it happened to me, then it's probably going to happen to you. And you're in good company when it does. Now, don't let it happen because you're a jerk. But if you face it, then recognize I had to face that too. Jesus has given us way more than we deserved. You do realize that, right? Jesus didn't have to offer a salvation plan. You do remember that, right? It it wasn't a prerequisite. He just decided to do it. And you're the benefactor of that. You're the one who's blessed from that. So am I. But he didn't have to. But he wanted to. And so he did. And so we've been given the greatest life and the greatest gift ever even possible for us to enjoy. And if we have to face a little bit of hardship along the way, then you know what? We're in good company. Because so did Jesus. Perhaps one of Christ's design in saying this to his people, as those early followers, is to know that I want to teach you to lift your gaze I think that's what being a spiritual mother and father, someone who's growing in their spiritual journey, begins to take. See, spiritual children make everything about themselves, don't they? It's all about me. This is my scenario. This is my situation. This is my heartache. And the focus is always here. But spiritual mothers and fathers, just like you as a mother and father, you lift your gaze And you recognize, it's not all about you. Isn't that what we try to teach our kids? It ain't all about you. And we're trying to help them get a different perspective. And I wonder if that's what Jesus is getting at as he ends these Beatitudes with this invitation of, hey, blessed are you when you face persecution. You're actually in good company. And I know it'll be hard, and it'll be tough, Don't get discouraged. Don't be surprised if it happens, because if they hated me, well, then they're probably going to have some opposition to you. Uh, But I want to learn to teach you to lift your gaze. And it's not all about this situation or about this scenario. It's about something greater, and God is bigger, and I want your gaze to go there, because that's where I can meet you, and that's where... You and I can experience a depth and a growing in in our understanding, and I want to lift your gaze that this world is not all there is. See, that's the other caveat that comes when we face persecution or opposition: is we get stuck in the moment, and we feel robbed or we feel cheated. And when Jesus is saying, "Look, this isn't all it," like. I got something better for you. It's what the apostle Paul writes in Romans eight eighteen. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth even comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed to us, well, as we get home to heaven through relationship with Jesus. First and second Peter is all written to people who are facing real persecution not just ruffled feathers like we face here in America. And I know we can have the argument, yes, rhetoric's been ramped up and all that kind of stuff, but it is opposition that we face. It is not persecution. Uh, There are people, brothers and sisters in faith, all around the world who are facing things you and I will never face because of where we are and the country that we live in. Uh, the article I want to draw your attention to is the 50 countries where it's most dangerous to follow Jesus in 2021. Every day, 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith. Every day, 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned, and another five are abducted. This reports from 2021 around the world as people face opposition. 309 million Christians live in places that are very high or extreme levels of persecution, up from 260 million the year before. Top Worst, the top 10, North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Iran, Nigeria, India, China cracked the top 20 because of what's going on in the last year and a half or so of investigations there. This is all from an article and from a a thing you can read on your own. And what I hope it stirs in you is a few different things. Here's the takeaway from tonight. For most of us, those for whom persecution is the exception, not the rule, I think this is a reality check for us. A, A reminder that this world is not our home. And so the things we may have to face in suffering because we're in a broken world, well, this is in our home. And sometimes, those rare occasions, we may actually face opposition or real persecution because of our faith with Jesus. Well, it's a reminder that this isn't it for us. But we have something better waiting for us. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said, but you take heart. I've overcome this world. Some of us might have to endure specific and targeted spiritual rejection at times, But Jesus says you rejoice in those moments. Is that hard to do? Yes. But Jesus is saying you rejoice. You're in good company. I endured that for you. And now you're just a partner in ministry with me. And our intimacy can grow. I think it's also an invitation and a challenge for us to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are in much dire circumstances than you and I are. Uh, We live in a country where we can freely gather to worship. Uh, Are there people who oppose or look down? Yeah. So what? We're not hunted. And some people around the world are. That's real persecution. And and so the challenge for us is to remember, I think it's Jesus' reminder. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for, for my name's sake. Maybe it's a reminder for us to ride with him no matter what so that we'll end up with him no matter what. Now we just ride with him. I'd love to close as our team comes back up uh, just reading a prayer from First Peter 5. Here's what Peter writes to those folks in that first, second century who were facing real persecution because of their faith. He says, give all your worries and cares to God. Because he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. He's the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through some, the same kind of sufferings that you are. But in his kindness, God called you to share his eternal glory by the means of Christ Jesus. So that after you have suffered a little while, he will restore and support and strengthen and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever and ever. Amen. So Father, that's what we take these next minute or so. Just considering the reality check for us to remind ourselves that this world isn't All we got, you got something so much better prepared and waiting for us. It's a reminder for us to ride with you no matter what, so that we'll be with you no matter what. So, I want to invite you, friends, to take 20 seconds, whether you're online or here in the room, and to simply ask one question. We've been doing this throughout the series. What's your takeaway? For tonight? Uh, What do you feel like the Spirit's nudging you? That God's saying, hey, I want you to be alert to this, or I want you to remember this. I want you to hold on to this. What is the this? What's your takeaway for tonight? So, Father, we want to be people who take heart as we prepare to sing this song. We want to stand for you. We want to stand with you and recognize that you are standing with us. No matter what. So we may face some seasons of suffering just because we live in a broken world that is not heaven yet. So, would you be with us in those moments? Would you give us the endurance and the strength, your presence beside us? God, for some of us in the acceptance, may face actual persecution, opposition at times because of our faith. Would you help us to stand firm? We're in good company with you, Jesus. And would you teach us in those seasons? Maybe in a way that you can never teach us in any other season. Help us experience you. So as we sing this song to you, I pray that your spirit would move in our hearts, that you'd help us to be a people who always take heart because you have overcome.
1: brighter than the sun he steals the night and casts no shadow there is hope should oceans rise and mountains fall
3: Father, we are grateful that we are overcomers because of you, Jesus. And so, whenever there's opposition, would you help us just to ride with you, no matter what? Because we'll end up with you, no matter what. Would you help us to take heart in the moments that we're in, to represent you well, to love people well? to be with you in each one of those moments, whatever we face in them. We ask that you be with us. And we pray all of that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can stay standing. I'll keep this real brief. Just want to say thank you to all of you who partner with us. Uh, we don't pass a plate here. We kind of have some boxes in the back. A lot of folks give online uh, or give through the app, and that goes for you watching at home as well. Thank you for being a part of that. If you are new with us, we'd love to invite you to our 10-minute party, uh, and we got free popcorn, the best popcorn this side of the Grand Canyon, uh, waiting for you at the 10-minute party. We'd love for you to that invite you back next week for our Proverbs series and here's the invitation. So for you watching online and for you here, here's the invitation. June 1st is like two days away, right? We want to challenge our whole church to read Proverbs for the month of June. Here's how that works. Uh, You read the proverb of the day. So June 1st, guess what chapter it would be? One. June 2nd, guess what chapter it would be? You can get it, okay? You're all, yeah, you're awesome. You can figure it out. But we challenge you to read the proverb of the day with us. We're going to go through a series of proverbs this uh, coming month. And then for our second Saturday food distribution, just want to remind you about that. We are packing boxes at Caring Ministry, food boxes on the second Friday. Uh, That morning, I would love to have some help with that, five or six of us that could do that, and then maybe 20 or so that would be here on the second Saturday when we give it all out. You can find all the information in in our app, and we'll be emailing with that, so make sure you have your email updated with us. But I want to pause tonight just to remember, uh, Memorial Day is tomorrow, and uh, I'd like to just end with maybe a moment of silence as we remember and honor those that have given us the freedoms that we have in this country. And so let's remember their sacrifice, the men and women who have given their life for that. And then I wanna pray a blessing over their families. So let's take a second here and pause. Father, we know uh, tomorrow is a work day for some. For many, it's a time to gather with family, friends. We want to have a great joy in doing that. We thank you for that opportunity. Pray that tomorrow's gatherings would be blessed. But Father, we also remember the men and women who have given the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of this country that we may have the freedoms that we have. So we lift up their families because we know tomorrow is a tough day for them. So we ask for your comfort, your grace to meet them in refreshing ways. Father, would your, would your presence be among drawing them to the comfort that only you can give? Father, we pray your blessing over our country a lot of things that need work, God. Would you help us to be part of that solution as your church representing you well Wherever we go, would you go with us from here, help us to represent you this week, and would you continue to put in the heart of this church a heart that wants to reach, to reach people who are not here, to cultivate a heart that reaches up and worship, that equips people to know you, to make you known, and that we're each sent to be the church as we're assigned Monday through Saturday. Thanks for this gathering time, the pit stop to get fueled up. Would you use us this week to share your love with the people that are around us? We pray in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. See you next week.